everybody. You are listening to Hotter Than Health, the podcast. This is a podcast focusing on fitness, nutrition, and an overall healthy lifestyle. My name is Eliza Gellman, and I am so happy to have you here with me for today's episode. This is episode 96. We are so close to episode 100 and you know I've got to ask. I got to make sure I'm doing my due diligence. Go on to iTunes, rate the podcast five stars. It is more beneficial if you just interact with the SEO, interact with, uh, I guess, whatever podcast app that you use, Spotify, iTunes, podcast app. However you guys are listening, please make sure you guys go on and you rate the podcast five stars. It is so unbelievably helpful to SEO. Every time a person shares the podcast, anytime they interact with it, and kind of just the more time that anyone is spending on the physical uh, episode itself and looking at the show notes, that's awesome for SEO. And that is how you get bumped up in the ratings naturally, which is the best way to grow. And I continue to see the numbers kind of kind of growing a little bit, kind of staying where they are. So I'm going to try and get some new guests coming in soon because it seems like you guys really like that, which is awesome. And I know that last week's episode, I gave you guys a little glimpse into what I had been going through just mindset wise, letting you guys know that I had been feeling kind of a shift. I just knew that there was something going to happen. There was something that was going to happen. And I, I had a feeling that I knew the answer and I had never questioned whether or not that answer was the right answer, but it was just a matter of when and being nervous. But I had been with my gym and if you're Charleston local, I had been with Hilo Fitness for three years and well, three years in like two two weeks. But yeah, I had started working there three weeks after my mom died I was in such a shitty place in my life. I didn't know which way was up or down. I felt super spastic and out of control and didn't really have any grounding feelings at all. I was all over the place, uncomfortable, inconsistent, tense, and always just getting to the next thing. I was never present. And I feel like I'm now in a place where I really understand, one, my value, two, my kind of my calling, what I really want to do, my big purpose, at least for now, those things can always change, but I know what my purpose is right now, and I feel really calm. Um, So I made the decision to leave Hilo because I feel like now is the time for me to really break through any barriers, whether it be career-wise, emotionally, um, just in life. This is the time where I knew that I just was going to figure it out. And I feel lucky to know that I do have, um, you know, my nutrition, I used to call it a gig, but it's a nutrition business and it's going to be my full-time. It is my full-time. Um, I'm super grateful to have people at Hilo still listening to the podcast Um, knowing that I am still a resource for them. Once I figure out a little bit more about branding and getting my business organized the way that I want it to look and the way that I think it will benefit people the most and for the long term, that's when I'll go back and I think that it'll be a little bit more concrete 
that I'll be the resource for their nutrition, but that's just the conversation that we had had and I felt a lot of support, but there were a couple of things that that really just tapped me on the shoulder saying, yeah, this is the time. And, and I never questioned whether or not I was making the right decision, but the people, the members, everything about it, it was challenging to leave that, but I, I have felt so much support. So thank you guys so much if you've reached out and if you haven't reached out, I love you and I see you and I appreciate it. And um, either way, if you're not Charleston local, that's still what I'm doing. Um, going to be turning my booking back on on the website for nutrition counseling. Um, we're going to go a little bit deeper and a little bit more in depth with the nutrition consultations and the meal plans will be a little bit uh, longer, more in depth and a little bit more sustainable. I'm adding another level of accountability towards this. So I think that this is a step in the right direction and it's definitely, it's it's starting to grow into what I really want it to be. Um, and I, I feel so good about it. And I don't feel a ton of stress. I feel like as long as I just keep doing things that feel good and are in alignment to my overall end goal, which is just helping people understand the benefits of a plant dominant diet and proper food combining and teaching people just how to feel their best, then, then I know I'm doing the right thing. And, oh, I know I mentioned, I didn't even mention this in the beginning of the podcast. So getting into today's podcast, um, I wanted to recommend a couple of different things. If you like to read or if you just are interested in learning a little bit more about plant-based lifestyles, um, I will say, so I'm reading a book right now. It's called How Not to Die. It's a very popular book. If you're at all ever in a library or if you're ever on health and wellness blogs, anything like that, um, it's called How Not to Die, New York Times bestseller. It's Michael Greger. He's a uh, he's the founder of nutritionfacts.org, which you guys have probably seen online somewhere. And if you if you haven't seen it, then I'm sure that after you see this, like our phones are listening to us, I'm sure that that'll pop up on your phone or something. But highly recommend it. It's super dense, but I kind of get off on that because I always feel smart. I think that was like a, my Achilles heel when I was little. I was like, damn, I am not very smart. I am making terrible grades. And I, but I loved learning. I was just terrible at learning in school and tests. But now I really get off on reading books that I'm interested in. This is very scientific forward. And that's what I like about it because I feel like so many people think that a plant-based diet is like hippie woo-woo boo shit. And I'm like, it's, I'm telling you, I didn't realize how much I liked science until I found a way to apply it to something I truly care about, which is health, wellness, nutrition, and overall longevity. I can't get enough of this book. It is, again, it, it's intimidating to look at because it does lend itself to, I mean, you got to highlight some things. There's a ton of different studies in here, but a bunch of different um, interesting facts on specific foods and specific herbs and different types of ways to treat, cure, prevent hypertension, heart disease, kidney disease, so many things that we've all been touched by. Um, it has a huge, huge emphasis on the on cancer. It has a huge emphasis on um, obesity as well as heart issues. So if you have any type of chronic anything in your family, this is worth the read. If you are with a family member and you see that they are suffering from type 2 diabetes, if you see that they are suffering from any type of hypertension, any type of cholesterol issue, blood pressure issue, I, 
if you don't get something measurably solid and good and life-changing out of this book, I will, I'll shut the hell up. I'll, 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 Actually, I won't do anything because someone will. You will. There's no way that you can get through this book, even a chapter of this book, without saying, huh, shit. And it's one of those books where you, some of it seems like common sense. Other stuff seems like stuff I can't quite figure out because I can barely pronounce some of these words. But um, really diving into it, I think everyone should do themselves a favor. Pick it up. How Not to Die. It's great. You can get it on Amazon, um, anywhere that you guys want. But either way, so been doing a little bit more reading in this book and I wanted to, of course, go over a little bit more um, about the benefits of proper food combining and a plant-dominant diet. And I say plant-dominant and I've touched on this on other episodes, but plant-dominant seems more approachable and... I don't want anyone to shit on me for having shrimp one night or salmon. Um, It's just an easier way to live. I was just listening to one of my friend Christy's, Christy Smith's uh, podcasts. She just came out with one. She's been doing such great interviews. You guys have to check her out. It's called Gather and Get Real. So make sure you check her out. But she just had my friend Helen Hall on who created uh, Blender Bombs. If you guys have ever heard of that, they're great. But Helen was mentioning... Uh, going a little deeper into one of her brands called 80-20, which just is basically 80% of your diet, let it be whole foods, nuts, seeds, fruits, vegetables, and abundantly plant and whole, non-processed, and low in saturated fats. And then the other 20%, like you don't even think about, you can just do whatever you want. And just know that it's not about rigidity and know that it's not about the number on the scale because when you do have a predominantly low saturated fat, low oil, um, low processed food diet, those numbers always go down and and it's just a side effect. I think that the other benefits of a plant dominant diet are so much bigger than that. So um, if you're struggling with blood pressure or if you have that in your family, if you struggle with inflammation, if you're super sore after all your workouts all the time, if you suffer from arthritis or if you know anyone that does, if you're if you're focusing on uh, getting better sleep, if you're focusing on better hair, skin, nails, um, better bowel movements, I think that we all so much, we forget about what we actually need to eliminate and I think that goes so much into the plant dominant lifestyle because you can only get fiber from carbohydrates and plant foods. So meat, eggs, cheese, chicken, fish, there is 0.00 grams of fiber in any animal products. You have to have plant products and carbohydrates to be able to bulk up your stool and to help you remove toxins from your body. It's build up, it's stagnant. It's, it's not anything that we don't know about, but it's something that we don't prioritize. Everyone always asks, what supplements do I take? What do I eat? What do I eat? I'm like, well, what are you getting rid of? Let's talk about that because when you're suffering from that little tiny like pooch at the bottom of your stomach, I see so many lean ass, strong ass women and the only thing they talk about is the little tiny pooch in the, in the bottom of their stomach and they say, well, how do I get rid of this? I said, are you going to the bathroom in the morning? They're like, no, I roll out of bed and I, I run to the gym and I'm working out so hard. Why do I still have this? I'm like, okay, 
clearly you have gut issues. So let's talk about a probiotic. Let's talk about the amount of oils you're eating. Let's talk about the way you're combining your foods. Maybe it's stagnant inside you. And I think if you are transitioning towards a more plant dominant lifestyle, there might be a little, uh, there might be a small short period, maybe a week or two of a little bit of bloat, a little bit of acclimation. Um, your body's getting used to that fiber. Make sure you're drinking lots of water away from your meals. Of course, we'll get into that from proper food combining and making sure that you are giving it some variety. So if you're one of those people that you don't really like vegetables, then make sure that you're getting that variety in a smoothie. Make sure that you're grinding everything up, blending it up. You won't taste anything at all. Make sure that you are um, getting it what you can organic. You know, there are a lot of different things that I wish that I could just snap my fingers and everything organic was cheap, but it's just not the case. So do yourself a favor, go online, look at the dirty dozen, see what types of foods you should be getting organic and what kinds don't really matter. But it really, it really will matter what you are eliminating. And if you're not having a bowel movement every day, then there could be a problem with either your caloric intake or your maybe not portioning out your meals and it's more of a binge situation and then it's just sitting in your stomach. So, um, lots of processed sugar and lots of cooking oils and things like that. Those are all things that are going to affect your gut health. Um, highly implore you to take a deep dive into your diet and um, really see what is in there that's not found naturally and what are you substituting things with that you need to be getting from whole foods. Um, if you're taking a protein powder, how are, how are you able to get those grams of protein in without a processed ingredient or without a whey ingredient. Um, and one thing about the about diet, but this is not really necessarily about a plant-based diet. A lot of people say, oh, is that vegan? And you say, well, it just doesn't have meat or cheese. You know, black beans and rice, nobody's like, oh, vegan. It's just, you know, you get it at a Mexican restaurant. It doesn't have to always just be labeled as a vegan food. It's just, it's just food. And anyways, so I just want to talk about one ingredient, which is flax seeds. So flax seeds are these little tiny brown seeds. You can get them at Whole Foods. You can get them at Trader Joe's. You can get them on Amazon. And there are a number of different ways you can use them. The way we're going to talk about using them today is with, you can sprinkle it over anything but ground up. So two or three tablespoons of raw organic flax seeds. You put it in a little grinder or you can buy them already ground up. I put mine in my coffee grinder and I actually kind of like the nutty smell of it. It smells great. It smells like a bunch of crushed almonds, but it has this earthy, nutty flavor. And the benefits of flaxseed, I know... Whoop, drop my microphone. Mic. My mic. But we've talked about the benefits of flaxseeds before. But I wanted to do a deep dive into a little bit more scientific-based research because I think that I think that overall, if we don't start sharing facts about the importance of incorporating certain health foods into our diet, I don't think that people are going to take it seriously. I think that more people just 
you know, if they get diagnosed with blood sugar or high blood pressure, they immediately want a pill. They immediately want the doctor to tell them a pill to take because that's easy. It's an answer. It's comfortable. But what's not comfortable is saying, okay, do this for a little bit and we're going to look back and see what this is. You know, it, it puts the responsibility back into your hands when it has to do with your diet. I think that it comes down to people not wanting to take responsibility for their own health. Um, and it's one thing if you don't have the capacity to make decisions for yourself, you know, that's a different conversation. But if you do and you just don't want to admit to yourself that you got yourself in this situation, this is a time to educate yourself. The only way that we are going to find sustainable lifestyle adjustments and enhancements are going to be through educating. So or, so I want to just share a little bit of information from you from How Not to Die. Um, so they did, this is only one of probably 30 different studies in here that mentioned flax seeds. So I just, this one really stood out to me. So when we're looking at things like high blood pressure, I know I've mentioned it a lot. So we're looking at things like high blood pressure and this goes into a particular study because I think a lot of studies, a lot of people say, oh, there was a study done. Oh, there was a study done. But what kind of study? Was it just an observational study? Was it just two people? What, you know, so I look at that as well. So there was a large, large study done. It was, um, they labeled it as a prospective double-blind placebo-controlled randomized trial. Basically, one of the best types of studies you can do because there's no bias and nobody knows what's going on, including the scientists, because everything is placebo. Everything is put into a pill, whether it be a sugar pill or the randomized um, supplement that they're using in this case, it's flax seeds. So basically, it's quoted, researchers give someone a sugar pill that looks identical to the drug so that neither the study subject nor the person giving the pill knows which one is which, hence double blind. But how do you know what to do with the food? People tend to notice if you try to sneak some quarter cup of ground flaxseed into their lunch. So what they did was they created different ingredients like bran, molasses to max, match the texture and color of flax-laden foods. This way they could randomize people into two groups and secretly introduce tablespoons of daily ground flaxseed into the di diets of half of the participants to see if it made any difference. So they just mentioned that they did a tablespoon or two of the ground flaxseed into the diets daily. So after six months, those who ate placebo foods started out, who started out with hypertension and stayed with hypertension, despite the fact that many of them were on a variety of blood sugar pills. On average, they started the study at 155 over 81 and ended at 158 over 81. So the sugar pills and the people who were just on blood sugar blood pressure medicine, those people, their blood pressure actually went up a little bit. And so you ask, what about the hypertensives who are unknowingly eating flax seeds every day? Listen to these fucking numbers. Their blood pressure dropped from 158 over 82 down to 143 over 75. That's a seven point drop in diastolic blood pressure. And it might not sound like a lot, but that would be expected to result in 46% fewer strokes and 29% less heart disease over time. So, so looking at these numbers, okay, what I see is a very simple adjustment. You put two tablespoons of flaxseed in a muffin, in your coffee, in your smoothie, in your oatmeal, in your omelet, whatever the fuck you're eating. 
put it in there. It doesn't have to be during the morning. You can put it over your salad. You can put it over your salmon. You can put it over your vegetables. You can put it over your uh, chicken. You can put it over your pasta. Whatever you're eating, put it in your soup. That'd be great. If you put it in your ice cream, it has like no flavor. Put it in there and there's really no side effects. So why would we not do this? 29% less heart disease over time. Hello? Hello? Heart disease is the number one killer in the United States of America, which is typically run by obesity. So if we're adding in these um, omega-3s, if we are adding in this fiber, if we are adding in these antioxidants, one tablespoon a day, two tablespoons a day, if you're really feeling like getting healthy, this is cheaper than a blood pill or a blood pressure pill. There is no prescription needed. My question is, is if there are so many adverse side effects to these pills, of course, consult your doctor first. There is no risk, and if you're already taking blood pressure medicine, in going ahead and adding in flaxseed to your daily diet. However, you wanna make sure that you let your doctor know just in case you're, what if your blood pressure falls too low? What if this works too fucking well? And you have to go in and say, oh God, I'm feeling terrible and like I'm gonna faint. Blood pressure is super low. Maybe time to get off your blood pressure medicine. The whole, if anyone says, I want to be on medicine, I want to take a pill every single day to stay healthy, then that's their prerogative. I don't typically hear that, so I'm not gonna talk like that. But what I'm saying is that we need to be educated on supplemental health food fixes that we can make in our daily lives all the time. You do it, you can put it in your kid's cereal. You can put it in your kid's lunch. You can put it in your husband or your wife's lunch. You can put it in your boyfriend's. You can have it for yourself. You can make this a thing without it being a thing. It's a multivitamin. Go ahead and try it. And it says, um, this is interesting. Compare that to the effect of powerful antihypertensive drugs such as calcium channel blockers, uh, like I don't even know these names, which have then been found to reduce blood pressure by only eight and three points respectively, which drops blah, 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 and or to ACE inhibitors, which drop patients' blood pressure by only five and two points respectively. Ground flax seeds may work two or three times better than these medicines, and they only have good side effects. In addition to their anti-cancer properties, excuse me, I burped, flax seeds have been demonstrated in demonstrated in clinical studies to help control cholesterol, triglyceride, and blood sugar levels, reduce inflammation, and successfully treat constipation. Hello, mic drop. We're not constipated. We don't have high cholesterol. We don't have blood sugar spikes, and we don't have issues with inflammation. Need we say anything else? Why is it so hard to believe that a plant-dominant diet, I didn't say vegan or plant-based completely because I'm not perfect not like that's perfect. I don't mean to trigger. But why is it so hard to believe that by making a few small adjustments, maybe just reducing your meat and animal consumption to once a day, once a week, there is so much research out there. Like these are high quality studies happening here. You can read these yourself. These, so much of this information has shed light on different research that has come out there in order to keep processed sugars in food, in order to um, continue to allow certain types of like chicken and poultry on the market, which y'all know how I feel about chicken. This book, 
without even without any type of inclination going into it goes so deep into saying that chicken is the worst animal product for you to be eating I actually read something the other day and this is for my ladies and myself and I guess guys but rarely guys if you suffer from UTIs take a look at your diet are you consuming a shit ton of processed chicken and when I say processed chicken I don't just mean McDonald's I just mean chicken from the grocery store are you either way so there have been other studies showing that there has been a lot of transitional and uh what is the word I'm looking for? There's been a lot of E. coli contamination on chicken. E. coli is one of the number one reasons why people tend to get UTIs. It's a type of bacteria in your urinary tract. And people who have a higher, uh, a diet higher in chicken tend to have elevated uh, risk of contaminating themselves with E. coli. Not saying that like, oh, you're shoving a chicken up your vagina. I don't mean it like that. I just mean it as in you're consuming it. And even if you cook it thoroughly all the way through, there are links to higher amounts of E. coli based on the fecal matter that are in these mass chicken producing uh, farms. So these chickens are basically shitting everywhere. They're getting E. coli, which they are infected with always, and that which is a bacteria that they have in them always, like in these mass produced you know, it could be a bedroom size with 200 chickens in it. It's miserable. It's fucking disgusting and awful. Um, and this is, this is something we're consuming on a daily basis. They're just grabbing all these chickens, putting them through this terrible process. The sanitation and contamination is garbage. So we are reaping all the benefits of this E. coli. So here we go. It's not just a stomach bug, it's a UTI. So if you're suffering from chronic UTIs, maybe you better take a look at your diet. Also pee after sex, but you know. Okay, so those were my fun facts. I just want you guys to know that I want everyone to go and get some flaxseed. I am going to, after I get off this podcast and get done recording, I'm going to try to remember to go onto my website and uh, re- post some flaxseed that I would get on Amazon. I'll put it on my website under products and or under shop and you guys can take a look and order through that link. Make it super simple on yourself. All right. Now, I've had podcasts about this before, but I wanted to make sure we went over a couple of rules of proper food combining and I want to give you the latest and greatest foods that I have been making that are proper food combined. You're welcome in advance. Proper food combining is changing the order in which you eat foods to make sure that each food that you're eating has the same digestive environment. So some foods need an alkaline environment. Some foods need an acidic environment in order to digest properly. So if you have an acidic and a what did I just say? And an alkaline, then you're going to even it out and it's going to be neutral, which means it's just going to be sitting there stagnant. So when you have a steak or a piece of chicken that needs an acidic environment and you pair it with potatoes, sweet potatoes, or you pair it with rice, typical bodybuilding diet, which needs an alkaline environment, you're neutralizing those things. So that is just sitting in your gut. It doesn't have similar 
environments to digest in. So it's going to digest one, it'll digest in two different speeds. And two, once it gets down there, it's going to need two different kinds of chemicals, which leads to bloat, which leads to fatigue, which is why the, the main reason why everyone falls asleep after Thanksgiving dinner. That's a big one. So you don't want to have your starches with your proteins. All right. Rule number one, starches pair really well with fats, which is why I've always said that avocado toast is a good pairing, but have it in moderation because avocado is a very dense food. But you could have things like a nut butter, but nuts and seeds are also kind of considered a protein, but it's t- it's tough. And there's kind of these gray lines with beans and legumes and nuts because they are considered a protein and a fat. Um, so that's tough, but since they are all in one package, you probably just want to do fruit or you'd probably just want to do um, nuts and seeds maybe on their own or with vegetables. So you can have vegetables with anything, which is why hummus and cucumbers and hummus with um, (laughs) hummus and carrots are a really great option. So those are two of my favorite proper food combined foods. So you've got avocado toast on a nice piece of fermented sourdough. So delicious. Oh my God. Yum, yum, yum. And if you don't have sourdough, you can always do like a piece of Ezekiel toast, or you could do a, um, what's another awesome starch? Oh my God. So if you're in Charleston, Um, They have one, and you can make this wherever, I'm probably going to replicate it ASAP, but there's one restaurant called Basic Kitchen. They have this incredible green curry rice dish. It's got bok choy, it's got some random little cashews thrown on there. It's a base of brown rice, which you could do white rice as well, also a fan. And with a smothering of this light green, beautiful coconut green curry, there's no tofu or anything. It's just a ton of beautiful vegetables. Oh my God, I am lusting for it right now. I think that's what I'm going to try and do tonight. So Jake, if you're listening, that's what you're getting. But anyways, so that's a really great proper food combined meal. So you're getting this awesome sauce. It's super creamy and dense and warming and filling with a bed of um, rice on the side. So that's one of my favorites. Black beans and rice is also one of my favorites, but my favorite thing that I've been making for the past couple weeks, maybe a few weeks, and I've actually had a couple people ask me how I make it. I'm like, I, I can't make it any more simple than this. I make a salad in a bowl. I'll do mixed greens. I've been adding a lot of dill. I'll add some capers. I'll add a little bit of dressing. Sometimes it's a little olive oil. Sometimes it's balsamic. Lately, I've been using a Trader Joe's um, vegan, ooh, excuse me, vegan Caesar. A little bit of that. I'll do some tomatoes, cucumbers, a little avocado, and then I usually chop up a little bit of tempeh. I know it's well, actually not often. I usually just have the tempeh with the salad or a tofu with a salad, because if I put a wrap, then it's not proper food combined and I feel like it kind of sits there. But if, you know, if I don't do the wrap, then I'll have a little bit of tempeh in there. If I am doing the wrap, because I know there's like eight or nine grams of protein just in that wrap, I mash up that salad really well. I make sure all the leaves have a little bit of every ingredient on it ingredient on it and then I shove it in this wrap and I roll it up and that's part of my lunch so I'll do that I'll do a little some cassava chips with a little hummus in there and it's so filling it is so great you can make it as big as you want usually I have leftover salad so it's like I have two meals it's so fun um I'm not great at rolling them up usually it just ends up falling everywhere but it's so worth it it's messy and beautiful and I love it 
So add in some capers for a little salt, add in a little bit of whatever dressing you're loving lately, as long as it's not a shit ton of canola oil, had your mixed greens and definitely increase the amount of herbs that you guys are taking in. So during the winter time, highly recommend you guys um, find a way to cultivate some basil, which is really, really awesome. Um, in stews, um, I just made a lentil bolognese the other day, put some basil in there. It was so great. And then I did a, um, a little oregano in there. So some dried oregano is awesome. Having some cumin in there just to really meet up these, uh, these dishes. So those are some big tips for proper food combining. And then the other tip that I truly, truly, truly think is the most important because I hear so many people talk about having like an apple with their lunch and that's fine. An apple a day, super healthy, antioxidants, all that good stuff. However, most of the antioxidants are just in the peel. And then when you eat the core, that's when I really find like the fibrous part of the apple. That is what makes me bloat. Either way, tangent, um, I really recommend, and proper food combining practices do recommend eating all fruit on an empty stomach. Bananas are a slight exception because they are a little bit more dense, and avocados are a little bit more of an exception because they are, um, avocados are considered a fat not a fruit really. Um, someone asked me about that the other day and I can't remember. Either way, so avocado doesn't really count. Consider that more of a fat. So you wanna make sure that you are having all of your fruit on its own, on an empty stomach. And since it's such an energizing light food, you kinda of wanna think of your belly, like I've said this before, you wanna think of your stomach and your digestive tract as a, a funnel. So if you start the day in the morning with a ton of heavy food, then your funnel is completely blocked up for the rest of the day because that wants to digest really, really slowly. So you start your day really light, let it digest quickly. You're getting a bunch of vitamin C, a bunch of nourishment, a bunch of fiber right in the beginning of the day. Um, it's light, it's energizing, it's hydrating, it's nutrient packed, tons of antioxidants, especially if you've been drinking the night before. And then later on in the day, you can have that wrap proper food combined, it'll digest quickly, you'll feel great. And then for dinner, again, that's when you maybe wanna have your denser meal. So you can have that coconut curry dish, you can have that bowl of black beans and rice, you can have that tempeh over a big fat kale salad or that piece of salmon with a ton of asparagus or bok choy or broccoli, whatever you wanna do. But those are some good things to remember is that one, starches do not pair well with animal proteins. Um, water. Oh wait, I didn't, I'm not even going to go into that. Jesus Christ. Um, fats pair really well with starches and then fruit on an empty stomach always. Okay. Getting away from that and transitioning into my next topic, which we've already slightly touched on, but I wanted to get y'all's thoughts on a couple of different things. So I will be doing a little more deep diving into creating some programs that would really benefit you guys um, as far as anyone who is interested in kind of overhauling their lifestyle and their habits as well as movement and I want to maybe even add in like a five minute meditation. Not trying to be all woo woo, but I'm telling you five minutes of meditation I mean, along with CBD, a little weed, is so great in the morning before you look at your phone. I've, I can't do more than five minutes. Let's be honest, I can do like four. And the first 30 seconds, I don't even count because I'm settling in. And then the last 30 seconds, I'm like, whoa, that was fast. But either way, so I want to create some programs that are 
more than just a month long. Um, I want to do one that's kind of just a step-by-step walkthrough revamp of healthful habits. And I want to do another that's subscription-based because so many of you guys are constantly wanting new recipes. You're constantly wanting a little bit more information and you want the grocery list with them. I think that having a grocery list weekly is like the most amazing thing to do. So be on the lookout for more of a subscription-based product on the website. That will be my goal for the rest of 2020 and in 2021. I'd like to go into making some physical product and that's something I'm super excited. I've never produced physical product, um, but I just... I think that there are so many great like gifts and I, I miss the feeling of it's never really spoken to me to go online and buy a program and then just scroll through it on my phone. I think that for some of these products, that's going to be really, really helpful because there's going to be things that you don't do all at home. But I just think that there's something so satisfying as uh, just holding on to something wrapping something up, gifting it to someone, or just have it around and being aesthetically pleasing and being able to highlight or being able to um, smell or taste or whatever. I'm, I'm just very interested in what that physical product will look like. So be on the lookout. Um, again, like, subscribe, share. This is episode 90 fucking six, y'all. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. I will be back with you next week. And before I let you go, I meant to mention this earlier. I'm still working with Hemp Crate Co. Been doing awesome, awesome things creatively with the CBD products. Um, My roommate Liza actually stole my CBD Biofreeze, which is basically just this like CBD icy hot that you rub on your body. We've been sore after workouts or whatever it is. I had a weird thing with my hip and it completely like numbs and heats and warms it up. And I got it all from my hemp crate co box. So make sure you check them out on Instagram. They have hemp crate co and they've got subscription boxes. I definitely recommend getting the health and wellness box to start with. That's what I did. And it has introduced me to their sleep oil as well as the biofreeze that I've been using and that protein bar that I told you all about with all the CBD in it. I'm telling you, oh my God, it will give you enough to last you a month. And by the time that you get through it all, which if you have a little bit of anxiety, you want to be using it preventatively so you want to be using a little bit every day so that you can really start to reap the benefits if it's one of those things that you're just using once a day every like four days you're not really going to see as many benefits so highly recommend using so that you can start to build up the cannabinoids uh your your tolerance to it and you can really start to tap into the true benefits of it so go ahead and try it it is hemp crate co And I follow them on Instagram. If you need to look at my followers to remember, H-E-M-P-C-R-A-T-E. They gave me a code, Hotter Than Health 20, for 20% off. So make sure you check them out. They are awesome. I'm going to go take some CBD right now. I'm also going to post about the flaxseed on the website. Thank you for listening. I will talk to you guys next week. (laughs) 